HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. My name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome back to Roberta's. Welcome back, Mike. It seems like we were just here an hour ago. It's been a big day in uh, Heritage Radio history today. Yes. A double dose of Mike and Judy. <clears throat> Arts and seizures. I'm Arts. That's seizures. Um, <laughs> and we're here today with our guests Simon Rich and Farley Katz. To celebrate the publication of their new book, The Married Kama Sutra. One thing I need to know, boys, are you guys married? To each other or otherwise? Farley was married. Uh, that explains some of the tone. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was a, I was an observer. <laughs> nice. oh, oh, really, Simon? How Sometimes so? it feels like I was also an observer in my own marriage. Aww. I want to give just a little quick uh, bio on the guys because um, they're both very accomplished. Uh, Simon has written for Saturday Night Live and uh, The New Yorker. And his books include What in God's Name and The Lost Girlfriend on Earth. And um, Farley is a staff cartoonist for The New Yorker and the author of uh, Journal of a Schoolyard Bully. Um, so these guys got CVs as long as my arm. Very glad to see you guys. Yeah. Thanks so Great much for having here. us. Really fun. Hey, Farley, do you know our other, um, we have another friend of the Arts and Seizure show, Carolita Johnson. Are you friends with her? Oh, yeah, yeah. She's great. She's another cartoonist at the New Yorker. You are our second New Yorker cartoonist. All right. We've got to work on our third, The Catman. The Catman's going to come. Um, well, this this book is, after a fashion, sort of an extended New Yorker cartoon. And, um, uh I've never been married, you know, so I don't know this nightmare of which you speak, of which you describe, <laughs> and what's been described as the world's least erotic sex manual, um, because, of course, my, my life being single is just, you know, 
orgy after orgy. Oh, yeah. You know, I go from girl to girl. It's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's like being on tour in Van Halen without the bad music. Or, or the, uh, <laughs> the the poon. Have you gotten a, an angry call from your ex-wife? Uh, from her lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they like to make a lot of phone calls. They can bill for all of them. Bill me for all of them. Yeah, every- yeah a, a portion of the proceeds of this book actually go directly to Farley's ex-wife's lawyer. <laughs> the Farley Cats Divorce Fund. You guys are breaking my heart. You're so young and so cynical. <laughs> well, we think, you know, I, I, there's there's some hope, I think, in, within these pages. There is some hope towards the end. Yeah. Towards the very, very end. Yeah, there's at least some ad- attempted eroticism towards the end. <laughs> they almost do it. Almost. Almost, almost. do it. Almost do it. Well, it's like same-sex marriage, right? That's the joke. After you get married, it's all the same sex. Well, we think, yeah, maybe, I mean, there's room for a same-sex married Kama Sutra as well. Or, yeah, I have a lot more bills to pay, so it would be good if we could sell that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how long were you married way. for? You know, a year plus, but felt, uh, yeah, a little bit longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit longer. I've been with the same guy for nine years. We're not married. Um, and I have to tell you, no, every day is the new erotic experience. When <laughs> Once you've, like, witnessed someone taking a dump and, like, you know... It's it's just nonstop doing it. So I think you're you're a little <laughs> jaded, and that's not quite right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm blessed by having a girlfriend who um is also a great uh, homemaker and is like you know wonderfully wonderfully domestic and you know it's kind of a turn on. I gotta say every time forget about taking the dump that, that we haven't gotten to that point yet. But every time I see her do the dishes, um, I'm ready to I'm ready to rock. God. <laughs> <laughs> The original Kama Sutra, though, that that thing is is really daunting, yes. uh, even for single people. Yes. Uh, having having looked through those pages since I was a kid in bookstores, sneaking peeks at it, uh, all all it ever made me feel was terror. I mean, those are some <laughs> you got very, legs behind the head, like all over the place. It's yeah, a lot, requires a lot of flexibility and athleticism. And so, I think really one of the one of the main reasons we wanted to write this was. Set the bar a little bit lower. <laughs> oh boy, more attainable. Yeah. yeah, more achievable. The bar is so low. I'm afraid I'm going to trip over it. <laughs> well, Judy, you're um, both a uh, pornographer and an eroticist and a great athlete. So have you actually? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so have you actually tried to do all the positions in the Kama Sutra? No, no. You didn't do it and blog no. about it. No, no, no. I don't. I don't. <laughs> no. I'm. I'm boring. I like vanilla. No, I've done the dishwasher thing in their book. I've, I've, I'm actually wait, wait, down wait, with wait, I've wait, done well, every position in their I, ex- book. Explain to the kids at home. Um, the kids are all over 18. Uh, what exactly the dishwasher position in this book entails? Simon? Uh, sure, yeah. I can I, I can read it. Um, uh, it's it's a position that there's, uh, that's uh, illustrated in the book, and it, it goes, um, <clears throat> when the man is loading the dishwasher and the woman must come over because he is loading it wrong, it is called the dishwasher position. And then there's a picture of two fully clothed married people standing over the dishwasher. And that's one of many <laughs> positions you'll find. Yeah, we did that one almost every day. That was This is autobiographical. Huh? That was one of the good ones. So sad. I don't know. I'm going to turn romantic, you know. I'm an optimist about these things. You know, like I always say, people talk about, you know, because I have been a bachelor for so long and I would like him. Um, to be married and have like an you know, ongoing, uh, successful, mutually supportive adult uh, relationship. And people say, so Mike, you're ready to settle down? And I said, no, I want to settle up. Because settling down, you know, no, it's not a joke. I mean, seriously, because this idea of being with the same person to me should be opening up possibilities, not crashing you know, down. It should be like, now everything is possible. Yeah, I, I It removes a lot of the bullshit. 
I think there's some positives. Again, I'm an idealist. Yeah, like well, well here's here's like an upbeat one. Um, this, uh, this Joe, you got some music for us while we do a little reading of this book. This is sort of a, you know this is uh, from page twelve. Um, when the toddler is at the grandmother's and the man and the woman have plans to go out, but decide instead to drug themselves with Ambien at seven thirty p.m. because all they truly crave is a sweet release of sleep. It is called <laughs> the Waltz of the Sloths. <laughs> so we felt that that was, you know, it's sort of an upbeat. They, and then the, the picture is, is them enjoying the effects of Ambien. You guys ever have Ambien sex? Is that a thing? It is a thing. That's what Tiger Woods was taking. Ambien oh, you load for. up on it and then. Well, I think. Well, I think his ambient sex was sort of like ambient eating or ambient driving where he's not conscious of it but it's also a thing where you're using it as a recreational drug to I mean I like ambient but I see no recreational possibility <laughs> to it whatsoever I mean it's got all the recreational possibilities of being hit in the head with a baseball bat I mean it's just like dunk and that's why I like it it's a dummy pill but apparently kids your age like you guys youngsters you know find recreational purposes for all sorts of prescription drugs these days and you take a tab of ambient and you're there the giant black wave that overwhelms you <laughs> Doing it, and I don't know. This is, what, this is what they tell me, kids in Williamsburg. All the kids are doing it. They're doing amb- They're doing ambient out there huh? as a recreational drug. Wow. So says someone in their late forties. We're probably <laughs> completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have kids? No. No. Not okay. that I know of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that answer. <laughs> Just like Captain Kirk. <laughs> so, do you, so you guys have? Co- this is your first collaboration. Well, you know, uh, Simon and I have been submitting stuff to the New Yorker for years but this is the first thing that we'd done together that was accepted yeah believe it or not we uh, for, for 10 straight years the two of us tried to get things into the magazine together cartoons and uh, we actually brought with us um, uh, we don't have the drawings but we ha- we uh, we have some of the the captions, captions? from the from yeah. some of our rejected well, it's re- it's oh, so rejected New Yorker yeah. captions. Yeah, we can read you some new, if that's all right. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Cool. Joe, cue the music. Uh, so these are all <laughs> these are cartoons that that Farley and I uh, wrote and and drew, dating back really till, till when we first met when we were teenagers. Yeah, sometimes, like when we work alone, we're not doing the same project together. We you know can come up with more reasonable things to turn into the New Yorker, but it seems like whenever we get together, <laughs> they're like. Pretty vulgar. Pretty, yeah, I don't know. and it's probably good that we're on the radio because these are these are the, the, some of these cartoons maybe wouldn't be appropriate for all audiences. But we'll just read the captions. Oh, those fucking squares of the New Yorker. Yeah, yeah. they don't. The they, drawings are really <laughs> something else. But we'll just read the yeah. the, the captions. Uh, this is the first one. I'll, I'll read the caption. <clears throat> That's not ice cream. That one was rejected. <laughs> uh, There's uh, another one we did was. Um, <laughs> That's not yogurt. <laughs> Those drawings were actually. The next one is that's not cheese. You guys are getting out of here. Uh, the next one is. Uh, <clears throat> the next one is. Uh, and I, I understand in hindsight why why they, the New Yorker did not accept this one. It was. Uh, that's a lot of feces. I actually thought that one was gonna was almost made it in. I think that made like second cut, second round. Cut. But when that got when I got cut, we decided we would try to, you know, get a little bit more into political satire. Because that's always a little bit more clever when you yes. when you go political, and so we try to do something a little more trenchant and and uh, yeah. And so th- so then we submitted this one, and again it's radio, so you can't see the image, but the caption is: um, Is that Governor Romney, or is that an etch a sketch? Oh man, feces everywhere. <laughs> nice. And that one also rejected. That is heartbreaking. But eventually, after after about a decade, we figured out 
by putting clothes on the figures. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. taking out like some of the feces. If yeah, most of it. That w- and that's how we ended up with this one. Judy, you're a longtime New Yorker uh, reader, right? Yes. I find it such a slog lately, to be honest with you. I, I, it's one of the few magazines I do subscribe to, and I always like it. But honestly, this is exactly what that magazine needs. It's naked people and feces. Yeah, I think their regular readers might be a little offended by the feces. Well, it's time to shake up the squares a little bit. <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, do we really need like another like 50,000 word, word piece about like the Middle East peace process? You know, and sometimes <laughs> in the middle of those long pieces, uh, they'll slip in just like whole paragraphs about feces because they know that. <laughs> no one's really keep yeah. reading them. Just to check to see if anyone's, you know. Yeah. Also, also in the in the masthead, the circulation report, there's some pretty dirty jokes. They sort of bury right in there, you know, right under the ABC audit numbers. How did you two meet? You said you grew up together, or you just met when you were teenagers, or? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, Simon and I have been friends for a long time, um, and then uh, we were, you know, we were didn't know where we were going to go to school, and then a, f- a good friend of ours actually passed away, and um, is by the name of Ivory, and. Uh, so then we took Ivory's ashes and we planted a marijuana plant and we smoked that marijuana plant uh-huh. and it, you know, made us like uh, these uh, Ivory's ghost came and appeared to us and told us, you know, the information that we needed to pass our SAT tests. And so then we went off to Harvard together and um, things got a little interesting at Harvard. Yeah, I, the ghost stayed with us and continued to give us advice, but the advice wasn't always socially uh, you know, constructive. Exactly. And then at some point, the dean was really giving us a hard time, and the um, Ivory's marijuana plant ran out, and then we were on our own. And to see how that turned out, perhaps you could rent the movie How High. Which is based on our experience. Yep. It's a, a nicer story than sorting your dad's ashes, I guess, like Keith Richards did. Um, that's, that's a beautiful And here you story. are on the Arts and Seizure show. <laughs> so I was looking at, uh, Simon, I was looking at your, at your Wikipedia bio thing, because um, I do a lot of research here. I like that you're, um, you're known for being the second youngest writer for Saturday Night Live. Yeah. That's I'd... so weird. Like, after there's the youngest... After what? Say it again. After there's the youngest, like is there a third youngest? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I'm, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure if I even was a second. I'm not sure if that's accurate or not. Um, but I, I've, I've got a feeling there's probably. I mean, that show's been on for a hundred years. There's probably like chimney sweeps he wrote for that show. Right. You know, when they were like twelve years old. So that, during the Eddie Murphy years. Oh well, yeah, Eddie Murphy was like a, a teenager, I think, when he was writing for that show. So. So how did you guys? How do you guys generally work? Do, do the pictures come first? Words? Uh, I, have, I have a caption. You tell you tell me the picture. Okay. Okay. Here's the caption. There's something you don't see every day. Hmm. <laughs> that, that's a, that's a re- that's a really good. Yeah. I mean, my, my mind just goes to feces. Yeah. But I don't know. What would you say? I would, I would say a man pointing, and it's not one feces, but two. And he's pointing at both the, the feces. Or maybe a curiously shaped feces. Yeah. <laughs> now we're talking. The face of Jesus. This is really turning into quite the, quite the comedy workshop here. Definitely. Hey, Joe, why don't we take a break? Joe, can you spin that great big up song we heard earlier uh, today? Is that a yes, Joe, King of the Engineers? I'm I'm working on it. I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the Arts and Seizure Show, broadcasting live from Robertus here in Bushwick on the Heritage Radio Network with uh, Simon and, and Farley. This is good. We're going to come back. We're going to we're going to collaborate, and then we're going to take over the New Yorker. <laughs> 
here so far? Support the network and become a member. Membership helps us bring you the best food radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably-minded businesses that support us. To become a member, visit heritageradionetwork.org today. much joe the rock star engineer back from tour it's big ups you're sounding a lot like a young lou reed there joe i'm telling you oh my don't take I'm, the heroin joe i uh trust me stay away from the smack joe i will so What's, so farley and simon have a couple uh a couple of book thingy signings coming up why don't you tell us about what you've got going on yeah uh this monday the fourth is that right yeah uh we will be at book court in brooklyn at 7 p.m. to do a reading and signing, so come out. And we're going to be showing uh, some uh, some slides of uh, uh, some of our favorite rejected New Yorker cartoons. Now uh, these are these are legit rejected cartoons, ones that you've submitted with actually expecting them or hoping that they might be accepted. Yeah, yeah. These are these, <laughs> these are our, our, our true best efforts, and, and and you can you can see them and, and then try to you know deduce why. Maybe they, they didn't all make the cut. <laughs> so what, what is what is the process, actually? If I had a cartoon idea, um, could I just uh, call up, hello, New Yorker, this is Mike from Arts and Seizures, and um, send them you know my fantastic version of uh, There's Something You Never See. Or That's totally the, the way publishing works. <laughs> yeah. Who do I got to know? Who do I got to fuck? <laughs> He's sitting right here. Yeah. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> My pants are off for a reason. Let's go. Let's get wild. I thought you were taking the hint by now. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> no, you can just go. You can just send them into New Yorker. You can just address them, the New Yorker, mail in your cartoons. I think you need to to draw them as well. Just send them in. That is never going to happen. It's not not in this lifetime. No, no way. The cold calling the New Yorker. I don't see it somehow. Did you always want to be a cartoonist for the New Yorker, or were you more into Superman and stuff growing up? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it was either cartoonist or superhero. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's so urbane, so genteel, the New Yorker. So yeah, I mean, civilized. no, I always uh, those are, you know, I, I've always enjoyed those cartoons, and I, you know, at some point, Simon and I we run out of feces cartoons, and so that's, you know, when we can do things that they'll they might accept. Surely, must you be able to sell those feces cartoons elsewhere? We've tried. <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of our uh, rejected New Yorker cartoons were rejected also by other magazines. So these are multi rejects. Yeah, even Mad Magazine, which is world renowned for its uh, you know its display of feces cartoons, <laughs> they don't accept them anymore. What about Cracked? Cracked is no longer a magazine. It's now online, but yeah, yeah I, uh, we we used we both contributed to Mad, right? You yep. got some cartoons mm-hmm. in there, yeah. But but um, and I used to I used to write for Mad Magazine back in college, uh, but the ones we. The ones we did together again never never worked out. I, th- I think you know a lot of a lot of collaborators when they join forces, 
it's like they're greater than the sum of their parts. Mm -hmm. And I think for us, it's often, you know, it's whatever the opposite of that is. <laughs> less than the sum. You're, less than the sum like of their... ordered instead of double. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Much like Patrick Martins and I, where we came in both both ready to rock and uh, ended up with um, something that kind of demeaned both of us. <laughs> <laughs> so... So you come from a very lit like a newsy family. Your dad's Frank Rich. Your stepmom works for the Times too. And did you always did, did you got this, ink running in your veins? Was, son. It, was this the thing? Did you ever just want to be like a motocross driver or a garbage man or anything? Or did you always know you'd Stripper. write? Um, well, I think you know everybody dreams of being a, a motocross something. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. I guess. My big hope is that nobody tuning in right now was expecting Frank Rich and ended up with uh, with the married Kama Sutra, because <laughs> that would be you know that would be excited. a rough that would be a rough afternoon if you're going in expecting trenchant political commentary and well, you end up with the dishwasher position. So my apologies to anybody who's <laughs> accidentally tuning in. Now what, do you, what do your folks think, think about this uh, this um, somewhat less than romantic sex novel that you guys have perpetrated? You do show your parents your work, right? Yeah, I mean, I was a pornographer. My parents were not very fucking happy. Were you a pornographer? Uh, I, I think at some point I still am. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I am a pornographer. I um, was the editor in chief of Screw Magazine, and I've written for Hustler. I've written um, enough penthouse letters to actually put a down payment on an apartment. That's and great. Judy, Judy too, slung the filth. That's so cool. Insert tab A into slot B. We and so there. back when porn writing used to pay. Wow. And so and so this is sort of like. One of the th this is well. These this microphones are all sort of dongish. I mean, these look like the your book is what yeah. we aspire to. This is successful. It's a legitimate publisher. This is. I mean, it's got a nice this quality from top to bottom. We aspire to this. We envy you. Coming out right in time for Christmas too. I'm surprised they didn't wait till Valentine's Day, which is also covered in the book. Our, our hope is that you know it's it's we're we're trying to break into the the wedding gift. Market, but but we're also trying to corner the divorce gift market, which we think is untapped. <laughs> yeah, well, they're having divorce parties now. I mean, there's a divorce section of Huffington Post. I mean, you guys, you guys are on it. <laughs> I think we're ahead of the yeah curve there. Yeah, the divorce section. These are gifts that you give to the person you've just divorced, or give to your friend who got divorced to celebrate that they got your away from your friend who dumped that loser who yeah. finally wised up. Yeah, ditch that bitch. Yeah, it's also it's what's what's great about this book. Uh, uh, is that there's very little text in it. So you can say over the weekend, like, if somebody's like, what do you do over the weekend? You can say, I read I read a book. And right. people will assume you're very intelligent for having read you know, the entirety of a book. I gotta say, that's what I look for in a book, is little text, big pictures. Yeah. I'm not very bright. It's, it's just the way it is. <laughs> Fucking internet ruined everything. I can't focus for more than one second on anything. Oh, we're the same way. Dostoevsky, David Foster Wallace, fuck that. Who's got time for that nonsense? Never mind that 50,000-word piece on peace in the Middle East. You know? <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm having a blank moment. Yeah, a blank moment. I'm just I, what it is is I'm stymied by the cynicism of these young people. You, you, now I'm the child of divorce, divorced parents. Okay, and my parents are very well. My father passed away, but up until the end, they were very bitter. You couldn't mention the other's name without like getting a dirty look, you know. And they they raised three actually fairly responsible, successful children, but the bitterness just permeated everything. And um, I'm fairly optimistic, and um, my my brother. So I've sort of um, overcompensated the other direction by doting and showering love and other wives and children. Um, so I see this, I see something very cynical, and I see boys and I just want to cry. 
Maybe breaks, you should just cuddle them. It Mike. breaks my fucking heart. Can we have a group hug? Can we do that no, on the no, show? No, 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 Can we do it? We no. had kittens on this fucking show last week, Judy. <laughs> We're group hugging right now. It's radio. You, know, you could say they're doing everything. Well, I wish uh, you're, you're squeezing. You're squeezing too hard. But are, you, are, your, are your parents still together? They like are. They're and, um, that they're both attorneys, and you know, this book actually <laughs> led led me to have a lot of time one on one with a group of attorneys, my ex wife's attorneys, and so it feels like <laughs> I'm even closer to them. That's nice. Did your parents handle your divorce? No, no, you you can't. Yeah. Uh, there's a you know. It's like a doctor operating. Exactly. You have yeah. to get you have to get your own expensive lawyers who won't do anything for free, and they charge you, and your ex wife's attorneys charge you, and. You'd think after just a year or two, you'd get like a. a a divorce discount, like how much could be involved? Well, they got like a frequent flyer miles. Well, just like, you know, a 20 year marriage should take longer to disengage from than a. Well, I'm a cartoonist, so, you know, my vast cartoon fortune. Yeah, I know many cartoonists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Cats Estate. Simon, what about you? There's a special someone in your life that you're looking forward to marrying and divorcing? Oh, you know, I. I uh, right now, my, my main goal is just to focus on other people's other friends relationships and try to <laughs> exploit them you know to financial end so well i'm sure i'm sure you'll be sitting on top of a pile of gold after the world's least erotic sex manual manual comes up what does your, your dad think about this oh god I, I shiver to think what he what he must think about it i think um i don't know i'm sure your parents are just happy you're I making a living not. and not living off that. that's what my parents yeah, said when exactly I was right selling the most prudent Nicious filth ever foisted upon humankind when I was writing those porn books. Like, I'm just happy he's employed. Yeah, I think that's. <laughs> I think that's really valid. I think you know, anything to to not uh, have to live inside their living room. I think probably makes them happy. So, what's next? You guys are obviously going to uh, um, promote this book, do some tours, but you, um, you're writing for television and movies. You have some stuff coming up. Yeah, I've uh, I got a pilot going. I, I my last book before this was called. Uh, the last girlfriend on earth and it was a, a collection of uh dating stories which uh you know i guess the characters are a little bit younger than the ones in the married kama sutra but uh, <laughs> uh, uh and and uh we're doing a pilot for fx based on that and um uh hoping hoping for good things simon yeah. i'll have you know you're speaking right now to judy mcguire one of the four most dating and relationship um advice columnists in the history of america that nobody's ever heard of <laughs> Girl. What's what's your uh, favorite type of stuff to answer questions about? Uh, let me see. How the, mostly like the the really satisfying ones are how can I get laid from men because it's so easy. You just I mean I've I've actually had thank you notes from this like don't sleep on a futon, invest in a bed, uh-huh. brush your teeth regularly, go to the de- go to the dentist. Um, you know, wash. I had a guy thank me. He got, he hadn't had sex in like five years, and I wrote this. In, detailed list and that was satisfying it like that's great all you have to do is wash the parts he well no the bed and stuff too the, the bed far, farley do you need a pen do you want to take notes <laughs> the bed is very important <laughs> I have a transcript the non-futon yeah because when a, when a guy sleeps on a futon i did date someone who used like rolled up sweaters as a pillow and stuff like sheets are really important yeah when i when i was uh, uh in college um when I was 19 or 20, I, uh, lived, I lived in a roommate situation, uh, and the living room became so filthy 
that at a certain point we decided not to try to clean it anymore because it was just too uh, daunting. And instead, uh, we would get the local free newspaper and just paper the floor repeatedly, oh like like uh, you know, as if we were animals inside of a cage. Avant-gardist. You and, say uh, animal, I say avant-gardist. Well, some, yeah, and, some women might want to pretend that they're hamsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and uh, yeah, that, that didn't that didn't help us. Uh, Dating wise, but it really made it way easier because every you know every every week when the newspaper came out, we would just freshly paper the the would room. You, would you throw out the old papers? No, or? just paper. Oh, just just put it. It, yeah, put it over. Just so keep putting it, it over. So it got nice and cushiony after a while. Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, with the decline of the newspaper industry, that's no longer an option for today's yeah. young men. Today, these, these, rough, rough. I don't know how they're going to paper their this their collateral damage due to the death of print media. I know. Who right? would have expected that to happen? That print media dies, and these guys lost their interior design program. Exactly. Shit. You know, I'll tell you what. I had a book for you. Judy McGuire has got more dating horror stories than any person I know, and I can see that as, as a as a richly illustrated book. I know. I'm, I'm actually rewriting the story that I've made my bones on for so many years. The guy who crapped himself in my bed. I'm writing yet another version of that for a website I'm writing. For. IMAX 3D. That's what yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah. Were you? Were you? Uh, not to pry, but were you in the bed when he? Crapped I was it? about to get in the bed. I was gotcha. all gussied up. Came into the bedroom and he yeah. was passed out on his belly with shit pouring out of his boxers. So you saw it. You saw it in process. In progress. Uh, or immediately after. Immediately after. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. That's a New Yorker cartoon waiting to happen. Yeah. I think so. Or a yeah. cover. Why not a cover? Yeah, a cover. That's fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, Simon Freud, this is actually a very, very funny book, The World's Least Erotic Sex Manual, The Married Kama Sutra. Uh, we're glad to have you guys on the Arts and Seizure Show. As book Court tomorrow. Book Court in Brooklyn tomorrow. It's a great place. You'll have a good time there. Barnes & Noble, Upper East Side. Yep, on uh, Wednesday the 6th where? at 7 p.m. Okay. And where can we find you guys on the internet? MarriedKamaSutra.com. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you so much for having us. Thank Super you guys. Fun. All right, so for Judy McGuire, I'm Mike Edison, and Joe, the King of Engineers. We'll see you guys next week. We've got our friend Mike Albo coming by, Arts and Seizures. See ya. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.